Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tonight, an R-rated Black Widow movie? The Fork, you say? The Loki series might have an interesting, aka terrible, twist to it. Uh, Fox movie projects dropping left and right. And big news about the Vision and Scarlet Witch series for Disney+. Plus. Plus, we're going to recap The Punisher Season 1. Because Season 2 drops on Friday. Marvel TV Weekly starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Okay, not what I expected. I know, to tell I was you the curious truth. to see what this so is So welcome be. to Marvel TV Weekly. I'm Christian Blatt. This is Zia Landerson. Zia Anderson, as always. And when I said I'm going to choose a song called Punish Me by Big Pun <laughs> because we're going to do the Punisher Season 1 recap, I was like, I don't want to hear it. I just want to come in with it. I just, now, this is what I thought it would sound like. There we go. This makes more sense. This just makes, yeah. And the only one being punished right now are my ears. But anyway, welcome <laughs> to Marvel TV Weekly, as I said. Uh, a lot to talk about. I teased some of it in the uh, top of the show. But uh, let's start off by talking about uh, Zia and myself, our gradual, I don't want to use the word slog, but uh, it's a very slow binge on uh, season two of Runaways. I have uh, watched two more episodes since last week. I'm so on, on five, five now. Yes. Where are you? I'm like 20 minutes into episode five, and I okay. don't even come here. All right. Well, that's fair <laughs> enough. That you. That, thank you for actually being here instead of staying at home and continuing and to, to watch keep, Runaways. It was hard because there was actually a moment that I was like, oh, when you find out about... Um, Spoiler? Um, no, with Carolina's uh, past, or like her, her, her origin. Her family. I'm not spoiling. Yeah, no, no. I'm just, yeah, when you just, find out that moment, I was like, Because her family is touched on in season one, and there yeah. is a there is a, a very interesting reveal and all yes. that. so there's a real yeah. reveal there, and that was when uh, stop But that. how are you finding it this many more episodes in? Because uh, for people that maybe don't remember, uh, <laughs> Zia infamously <laughs> doesn't like Cloak and Dagger because she's too old for it. I am uh, 13 years and one week older than Zia, and I loved Cloak and Dagger. It wasn't too old for me. I liked season one of The Runaways. I'm mostly enjoying season two, but uh, your thoughts on season two of The Runaways. And again, you're only four and a quarter episodes in. Yeah, I'm four and a quarter episodes in. There's some things I like. There's some things I really don't like. But for the most part, it's enjoyable. I'm in I'm enjoying the character, the character development. I know that, you know, it's teenagers and it's a drama, so there's gonna be a little bit of that like Well they teenagers. always find time to make out. Of there's, course, exactly. You know, it doesn't matter so, what's going on, they find time to make out. Yeah. There's yeah, so they're you're gonna see that. So I'm gonna, you know I'm gonna give it a pass on 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 that. Um but for the storyline, I'm enjoying the storyline so far. I like, as I put it last week, the 
the goth girl. Do you remember her name Nick, yet? Nico. Nico. All right. Good for you. <laughs> I do. Um, I like her a lot. Um, I actually also like that they're touching on anxiety and mental illness because that's something yeah. I have a lot of personal experience with that. So just seeing that in the show, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Just, you know, to see that being portrayed. But they're actually like handling yeah. it like a like a real thing instead of as a joke. Because right. usually that's, that's how those things tend to be handled. Exactly. And yeah, I think that uh, the character development of the parents, uh, we're sort of seeing them. They did a good job in season one of Runaways, but in season two, we're getting to see them as more people because you're starting to realize like, wait, who amongst them are actually really into this whole pride thing? Because you feel like everybody wants to get out. It, it, I can't tell what's going on yeah. with the parents, honestly. Right. Yeah. It's uh, that. Well, that's a good uh, backtrack to season one, but clearly that's not going to happen now. What with the Punisher showing up on Friday uh, in all of our Netflix homes. And just think. There's only one more time we'll get a new Marvel series from Netflix oh ever gosh, after Jessica this. Jessica Jones. That's it. And that's it. This is going to be the, the, the penultimate time. Oh, the, I'm so sad. They're my favorite. Yeah, Mom. I just wanted to bring everybody down. Uh, let us know what you think, uh, spoiler-free, uh, in terms of uh, the Runaway Season 2. Uh, mostly enjoying it. I, I still really like the cast. Uh, the new character that they, inter- they introduced, uh, Topher... Um, yeah, not a fan. I'm Team Nico on that. Yeah. I, was, I, I don't know. I um, I just feel like okay, we get what his uh, ethnicity is, but uh, just it was very unnatural the the way the dialogue was written. The actor was fine. He was just reading what was on the page. Right. I I was just like. Yeah, he's annoying me every time he opens his mouth. Well, the thing that I didn't like about him also is that he comes in with all this swagger and is, you know, trying to sweet talk everyone. He goes in to kiss Nico because yeah. she's like, can I talk to you alone? Really? Yeah. That's where your mind goes to immediately? <laughs> I just, the whole thing felt kind yeah. of ridiculous and definitely a little bit unnatural. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I'm determined to finish by the end of this week because if The Punisher comes out and I haven't finished Runaways... Well, then Runaways is going to get pretty far down on the list. Yeah, so, that's uh, I'm hoping to finish this week. But uh, let us know what you're all thinking, what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, uh, and how excited you are for The Punisher. As I said, we're going to do a little bit of a, a very broad recap of season one of The Punisher to get everybody ready. Uh, there are a few things to talk about, unless there's something uh, brewing in the chat. Just quickly, uh, Christian Jackson watched uh, season two. He finished it last week, I believe he said. And uh, he said he likes season one more, but he can't wait for season three. Um, Ghost also says he's older than me and likes Cloak and Dagger. Look, I, it's not just because I think it's I'm just too you. old for it. I just, I had my reasons. I've already said them. Um, where was I saying? Oh, Ivan also says um, Topher was completely changed from the comics yes. uh, without spoilers. He also said, as a Hispanic, I like that they have him speak both English and Spanish. I was just proud of myself that I knew some of those Spanish words all from um, when the you, busters and, at work. And just before we started, you were talking about how you took French in school. So good for you that you <laughs> managed French to pick sentence. it up, pick it up from uh, from from work. Uh, so yeah, well, we, you know, we'll still continue to talk about it and look, one day we'll finish it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm enjoying it more than I'm not, uh, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see where it all goes. Uh, so some of the news this week includes that, uh, this Black Widow movie could actually be rated R, which I find interesting because I would feel like that movie would be rated R mostly for like 
extreme violence, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, although I guess it could be like that movie Red, Sar Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence, which to me just seemed like it was a Black Widow movie where they just, you know, didn't have her name, Natasha Romanoff. So I, I guess I could go all over the place. Uh, your thoughts, Zia, on the potential of that being an R-rated film? I'm always excited when things are rated R. You guys know me. <laughs> you know <laughs> Zia's a potty mouth. I do. I like death and violence yeah. and sex and bad language. So for me, that's just, I'm excited because there's no holds bar. So you're going into it and things can kind of get really out of control. And I think it makes it more fun just for me personally. And I think that that's a fun movie to do that with. And she's a great character to do that with because she's a spy. Yeah. There's so much you can do with a rated R, with an R rating rather. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, look, it, it makes sense when you do it with a, a Deadpool or a Wolverine, but uh, Black Widow might not be who you think at first. And, you know, it would be interesting because this would be the first, like, official Marvel Cinematic Universe film that's rated R, you know, and I think that uh, it'll be it'll be worth seeing how that does. Now, do they do a Once Upon a Deadpool version of it where, like, they're like, well, we also have a PG-13 cut if you want to take the kids, which is not – it's never a bad idea. No, I that, think that's a know? great idea, actually. So, But uh, I would be very interested in – and if for some reason it doesn't end up being rated R, I would definitely like to see it rated R for everybody in the chat, whether you're watching live or watching the archive version. What Marvel character characters would you most like to see with an R rating? Uh, obviously, we got Logan. We've gotten Deadpool. Those are really the ones we've gotten so far. Uh, so as as opposed to the uh, Fantastic Four movie that had the R rating as in, are you serious? I'm nice. Glad, I'm glad you laughed at that because <laughs> nice. in my head I, 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 I paused because I almost didn't say it. I was wondering where you're yeah, going with that. I was yeah. like, oh, this is set up for something. I'm really sorry for, for everyone. <laughs> For the children, mostly. Uh, so let us know what you think. If uh, if there's a, you know if you're excited about a Black Widow rated R, and if there's anything else that you'd like to see, uh, there's uh, also some news about a couple of the uh, Disney Plus series out there. The first is that uh, the one of the writers on the Captain Marvel film, uh, Jack Schaefer, will be the showrunner of the Vision and Scarlet Witch series for Disney Plus, which. As I've talked about before on this show, I'm very excited that it is a Vision and Scarlet Witch series because when we saw them in Infinity War, sort of in the early part, when you got the impression like, oh, they've been kind of on the run together for a while and watching them interact. And uh, also in Civil War, they were like in the kitchen together. And I was like, I mean, we're never going to get a Vision and Scarlet Witch movie. And I like those characters together. I love the mid 80s, 12 issue limited series that they had. And I just like them together. And I never thought we'd actually get to see it. But then, of course, Disney Plus, it gives you the opportunity for stuff like this. Uh, you know, Jack Schaefer's pass on Captain Marvel. Well, I have no idea if that's good or not because I haven't seen the movie yet. But uh, it's nice that they're applying people who have a familiarity with some of these characters and with this specific genre. Uh, what are your thoughts in general, Zia, about the Vision and Scarlet Witch series for Disney Plus? I'm excited to see it because, like you said, you get to see a little bit more of them together. Um, I know that then there's a possibility for like House of M sort of storylines, which I think are really cool. I don't know how big the budget's going to be. I would imagine since they're, you know, putting such um, big name actors in there that they, it would have quite a budget. So I'm excited to see that. And also I'm just excited also for the level of acting that you're going to get from Paul Bettany right. and Elizabeth Olsen. I think right. they're both fantastic. So I think that that's Unless, gonna... unless they bring back the accent. 
Like the fact that we've done away with the accent is, I think, where we all know we should be. Let's leave yeah, it there. Please, yeah. yeah, agreed. Uh, and then the other news, and I tease this at the top of the show, is that the Loki series might be a kid Loki, as in a younger version of Loki, and it would be narrated by Tom Hiddleston. To which I say, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to see Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Uh, at least if it, if it's narrated by him, that's what I would say. Is like, well, at least it's narrated by him. But I don't know that I. I mean, look, there's a lot of ground you can cover. I'd like a young Thor series too. Like, why not? You know, you might as well put a young Thor in a young Loki series. But that's really not what I was hoping for for this series. You know, uh, I don't know. I was a little disappointed to read that. What do you think, Zia? I'm not a. I see what you're saying. Definitely a little bit disappointing because you want to see Tom Hiddleston right, sure. obviously as Loki. I'm not opposed to it, though. I think that it's an interesting story to cover. I think it would be cool to find out a little bit more about Loki. Um, And I, you know, obviously would hope that they would get a decent actor for young Loki. Yeah. I know. That's 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 really tough to cast, you know, because it's like, who's going to be your young Tom Hiddleston? You know, it's, uh, you know, but I, I was also like, do I... Do I really want Loki to get the young Sheldon treatment? I, I don't know that I want that. Uh. This is literally what it is. It would be young Sheldon. And uh, maybe it's, you know, watchable. That might be the, that might be the difference. But anyway, uh, so just uh, curious as to what people think about, uh, well, really any of these things that we're uh, going on about here. Well, but especially that one, yeah. Most people agree with you. Uh, of course they do, um. because our people in the chat are so smart. <laughs> Ivan Soto says that uh, Kid Loki, why that's weird. Zeus B. Yeah. Lou, if that's the case, I'm not watching that Loki series. I mean, I, I mean I'm going to watch it no matter what. It could be, you know, it, it, it could be uh, Frog Loki. Actually, I would totally watch Frog Loki. <laughs> I would have been joking around about that. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch I'm going to watch any of these things no matter what, because I have two kids. I'm going to get Disney Plus. So it's like there's there's no question about this streaming service. But uh, yeah, I can understand. I can understand the point, though. Like, yeah, I don't want to watch it if if it's not going to be Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Zayas Bilu, uh, Zia, LOL. Until you like Runaways or Cloak and Dagger, you're really pushing for low Loki. That's a good point. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. <laughs> Who am I kidding over here? <laughs> you're not not our friends in no, the chat. No. You haven't. You haven't. <laughs> you're not kidding any of them. Uh, and uh, so there's a, a little bit of news about the the sort of the soon to be redheaded stepchild, pun intended, the Dark Phoenix movie mm. uh, is uh, rumored to have a two hundred million dollar budget because of reshoots. And that happens a lot. A lot of movies get reshoots. You focus a lot on all the reshoots in a movie when a movie doesn't do well. So a lot of movies that we all love have a lot of reshoots in them. Uh, they don't always end up to be Justice League, but sometimes they end up being Justice League. So it's very expensive to do all these reshoots. And I think more often than not, when there's extensive reshoots, it probably makes the movie better, but it probably doesn't make the movie great. Uh, I am going to always continue to be cautiously optimistic that they're going to somehow figure out how to not ruin this movie, how to not ruin this story twice. You know, uh, I, it's a lot of money. I mean, for, you know, I guess for these superhero movies, this day and age, it's not really that much anymore. You know, like 25 years ago, Waterworld cost $200 million and that's in what, 1992 money. But now you're just like, okay, well, you know, I mean, it's, 
you know, it's it's uh, and by the way, anybody who ever thought there was a chance this movie wasn't coming out is like, no, no, there's so much there's so much money that's dumped into it. I see. I don't think it's going to be terrible. I think I'm going to be disappointed in it no matter what they do. And I was uh, speaking with someone about this actually earlier in the weekend. And what it's going to come down to is that the only good adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga is probably going to be the five part episode from the X-Men animated series. It's probably going to be the only good telling of it. But does it make you, as in the audience out there in the chat, does it make you nervous to hear about that much money spent on reshoots? And Zia, what do you think when you start to hear these sort of things? It makes me nervous when they do reshoots only because sometimes I feel like it's hard to piece together previous shoots that you have and then reshoots are you just making an entire new movie or are you trying to kind of fit it in like what are you what exactly yeah, I mean, are sometimes you, doing? you reshoot so much of it that there's very little that is actually left you know i mean right uh it's it's easy to slam justice league but you had a different director and a different tone for the reshoots uh so it, it's very hard to sort of you know uh, get it all together. I think that the Han Solo movie, they reshot most of it. It's from what my understanding is. They shot, they reshot the majority of it uh, so that it would be more of a Ron Howard movie. See, and uh, I also heard that for Rogue One, they reshot a lot as they, well. Yeah, they completely reshot the ending. In that. Yeah. Like the, the trailers that first came out have sequences that are not in the movie. Which, and I must say, Rogue One is my favorite of all all of the Star Wars like reboots so far. I thought you were going to say of all the Star Wars movies. No, I'm like, what happened to you? No. Who hurt you as <laughs> a child? The new one. Yeah. yeah. Of, <laughs> of, of all the fake Star Wars movies, Rogue One. Uh, well, Rogue One I liked because I liked the the very specific uh, tone and sort of the very unhappy ending. Yes. You know, I, oh, I thought it was it, great. Yeah, I thought I thought that they did a good job with it, and I think you could bring some of that tone over to the Marvel universe. You know, I think it's uh, it all it's all Disney. Um, so yeah, so you get a little nervous though. Is the point? Uh, yeah, I get that, a little yeah. bit nervous when you're when you're piecing together reshoots with the original sh- shooting of the movie. I just it it does make me nervous. But I'm same as you, I, and I kind of do this with everything. I go in hopefully optimistic with all these movies because I really want them to be good. And I, I can I tend to be a little bit more forgiving, I think, than a lot of people. I'm a lot more forgiving of even Venom than I think a lot of people were. Yeah. Well, so, it's funny because I've thought about Venom since I saw it and I kinda do want to see it again. I do know? too. I was actually. I was very harsh on it and there were like things that I thought worked and things that I thought definitely didn't, but I'm like, I feel like I need to really just sit back and uh try and figure out what they did there. But uh yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm uh I'm always gonna give the X Men the benefit of the doubt because I just want it to be good. I just want this story to be good. And there's been so many good ones, and if, and if a couple of bad ones, obviously, we, sure. as we know, but but there have been so many good ones. Yeah. The possibility is there. The, yeah, the potential is there. And I look, I don't have a problem with, like, the first class cast and some of these, you know, these other actors playing these characters. I don't have any of the problems there that I do see people talk about online. Uh, so let's hope that the reshoots make for a better movie. But what it... The indication is really that these are going to be the the last movies. This and there's also there's a, even more problems with the new mutants movie, which will come out. I think a full two years after it was supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out uh, this past February, so like a year wow. ago, and it's not going to come out. I think until the end of this year. So wow. uh, yeah, well, there's a, there were a lot of problems in that uh, apparently. You could have seen it for our birthday. That's right. Right, our birthday's a week apart. We're just right in the middle. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be up for our birthdays next year. And, uh, so the, you know, that we're probably not going to see a lot of this, you know, Fox 
X universe that uh, that has existed since the year 2000, which funny, you know, predates the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, with the first X-Men movie. I feel like we'll probably get another Deadpool movie. Uh, I, I would be very surprised if they didn't, you know, if Disney didn't uh, have the sense to at least do that. But I think they really want to get back the X-Men characters and really just sort of figure out how to introduce them. As you referenced, House of M is the way that makes the most sense. So uh, we could uh, certainly be in for a treat there. But they're really as in just basically putting the axe to all these projects that we'd heard a lot about. Um, The biggest of which being this Gambit movie that honestly should have been done and released and panned and you know the blu-rays should be out we should have all seen it 10 times by now the (laughs) channing tatum uh, gambit movie but uh it seems like we're never going to get that there have been a lot of problems especially the last couple years with that as well but it also means we're not going to get the kitty pride movie which i was just like well you know what then i'm not going to go to the movies ever anymore if you can't give me a kitty pride movie that's all i really wanted uh there's also probably not going to be the x-force movie and then in the sort of the other side of the Fox ledger, where they have the Fantastic Four characters, we're not going to get the Doctor Doom movie. We're not going to get the Silver Surfer movie. And I believe there's others, but those are the sort of the ones that had all been announced in some way or shape or form up until this point. And um, I find it disappointing, but I'm at least in this case, I hope that they're able to put all those characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe so they can all interact and they can, you know, all sort of have the playing field that those of us who know the characters from the comics are accustomed to. You know, we're able to see the Fantastic Four interact with the Avengers and Spider-Man and Wolverine and, you know, and and Ghost Rider, because why not? Uh, You know, just to be able to see all of it. Uh, So... I don't know. That's sort of, you know, it's like I would have been interested to see some of these projects, but I don't know about you, Zia, just the idea that they're getting back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that you're able to just kind of shrug it off and go like, all right, I I feel like we will see some of these characters on the big screen, just maybe not for a few more years, you know? Yeah, and I think eventually it's going to get to a point where they keep making movies and keep making movies. They're going to get to these characters at some point. So I think... Either way, it's going to happen. Hopefully, even if yeah, we have to wait that, a little bit. Yeah, that's basically what I'm hoping. Yeah, you know that it's not like well, we'll never see a Kitty Pride movie. No, Although, I think yeah, we will. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's happening on the ch- in the chat right now? Zayas Bilu talking about our ratings. Back to our ratings. Um, movies that would need to be R rated would be Moon Knight, Howard yep. the Duck, Max, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk. Yes, Supreme those definitely. Power, Hyperion, Spider Man, Rain, and uh, yeah, are all Marvel properties that would need an R rating too. I mean, I can't imagine we would ever get a Howard the Duck movie again because the one from 1986 was perfect. And, you know, you just can't. <laughs> the fact that Z is not laughing at that means she's never seen it. No, I haven't. Um, it's a, it's a I'm going to have to now. It's a George Lucas movie. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, I didn't hate it, but it it's like Infamous is like one of the worst movies of all time in terms of, you know, at that time it had lost so much money. And it... It seemed like a bit of a hard sell, but uh, I, I don't know. I found some charm to it. I actually like the character of Howard the Duck from the comics. So it'd be great to see him as an R-rated character, but I don't think we will ever see him on the screen. I think, uh, you know, you could get a streaming series of him, but, you know, not on Disney+. Plus. So there's a little bit of a problem right there. I'd be fascinating if they did that. It's it's funny to think about it. but. 
By the way, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, yes, that all that stuff would have to be. Uh, but uh, that would all that stuff would have to be rated R, I, I think. So I, I definitely agree with that. Stardew also says here, and I don't know if this is in reference to. I, I don't know if I'm missing part of the conversation or if it's a reference to Rated R, but he also says, ooh, Blade, which yeah, an R-rated definitely Blade, Rated I R. definitely agree Agreed, with that. Yeah, yeah I, I would love to see, you know, get that kind of opportunity to, you know, just check out what an R-rated Blade would look like for sure. Um, yeah, so great. All right. Christian Jackson also thinks Howard the Duck would work uh, as a show on Disney Plus as well. Well, yeah, it just it wouldn't be because it was sort of like a like a, a you know it wasn't it wasn't racy, but it was a little bit more like mature in tone, uh, sort of the character of Howard. You know, the fact that he smokes a cigar would probably get it an R rating in this day and age. But uh, yeah, I would love to see him as a series. Look, I, I'm up for all of it. Just put it all in, especially when it's a streaming series, and I don't have to leave my house. Uh, it's a little tricky to get out of the house sometimes. Uh, well, momentarily, we're going to spend the last 20 minutes or so. We're going to talk about season one of The Punisher. But before we do that, Zia Anderson has this important message. I do have a message for all of you after buzzers out there. Um, about our network, it produces after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows, from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There is no network that works harder to serve television fans, but we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that is tailor-made for you, and you help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky pesky notifications, do not be, because they're optional. You can turn them off. You just hit a little button. Boom, you don't got to worry about it. And uh, yeah, so hit that subscribe button now for this channel, and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. We have so many. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. And for now, thank you for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV Talk. Thank you, Zia. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Punisher. We're going to try and remind all of you about season one. Mostly I'm trying to remind myself, refresh my memory. No, I think it's a, it's always good to have mm-hmm. these opportunities, especially with the show. I mean, it was just over a year ago, but it, it's more than a year now. It's been a little while and we need to uh, refresh our memories about it. And um, as I mentioned earlier, season two of The Punisher will be on Netflix this Friday. So do what Zia is planning to do. Start watching at midnight, and then you'll be done by one in the afternoon. And then you can sleep the rest of the day. Yeah. What's wrong with that plan? I know. Nothing. I, I would do that, except for the small children that live in my house. That's that's the real problem. But <laughs> uh, for the rest of you, I hope you do that. So, uh, And by the way, there will be a Punisher after show here at uh, After Buzz, which... Uh, we will hopefully be able to share the days and times with you when we're on the air here for our show next week, which, by the way, may be at nine o'clock, but is probably going to be back at 10. I know it's a little it's a little hard to keep track of. Uh, we keep moving around, but uh, nine or 10, one or the other Pacific time. We'll for, try to let you know. Yeah. But for those of you who are subscribed and you just listen to it the morning after, it doesn't matter. But for our uh, our wonderful live chat audience, we want to make sure you always know where you can find us. We love you all. Uh, We do. Uh, So let's talk a little bit sort of big picture first about the Punisher season one. Uh, Zia, I know that uh, that is amongst your favorites of all the Marvel seasons on Netflix, right? Yes, yes. Um, The uh, Daredevil and Punisher are definitely my two favorites. The Punisher I actually watched a little bit late as well. I think when it came out, 
I was, I think I was like working two jobs at the time right. and then we moved and then finally when everything settled down, we binged on everything. So I didn't watch it a year ago. I think I maybe watched it six months ago. Okay, great. So I'm, yeah, so I, it definitely hasn't been that long and I just binged the whole season. I think we watched it probably in like two or three days. Yeah. Like it was very quick. A lot of, yeah, because you're just like, you know what I need? I just need more shooting. Yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> so I don't want to spread the shooting out over I want to see someone's face get slid into broken glass and have it well, just, Well, that's going to be a very important part <laughs> of uh, season two. Um, the interesting thing about season one, there's many interesting things, but, but the interesting thing about the way it started is that season one of The Punisher, he's just finishing up at the, in the first episode he's just like he's pretty much done with all of the 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 gangs that had killed his family all the members of the gang and you know he what we saw his primary mission in daredevil season two he's like oh yeah i'm done with that now and i had thought that that's what the season was gonna be was you know that was always a big part of the character you know i mean it's uh they definitely adapted the circumstances, not, you know, the, the reasons behind, but his family getting shot in the park is always a thing that looms over Frank Castle and he always deals with it. And obviously you have to, you have to update things about the character. He, he couldn't be a Vietnam vet anymore. So he was in the Gulf war, but uh, the portrayal by John Bernthal is just amazing. It's one of the best transitions i think one of the best adaptations of a character uh from marvel comics that i've seen to the screen and i think he he did it really well so i really enjoyed the show even when it wasn't particularly enjoyable and it was just you know just super violent and i thought there were some really interesting twists and turns along the way and uh you know the uh a lot of those moments where you're just like what is he doing you oh, know yeah. his relationship with microchip uh, who was always a huge part of the comics. And then the even more confusing relationship with Microchip's wife, whom he was just looking after. Oh, I but did then, forget about that. Yeah, but then, you know, look. I mean, he's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, a cold-blooded killer, but... Good-looking, tough right? guy. Yeah. In good shape, I mean, strong, silent type. Some I get people, it. Some people like that, but... Uh, <laughs> you know. Not everyone. Yeah, so it's uh, it's very interesting, you know, sort of the... The, the way that the the season unfolds. Um, what did you find to be some of the, the high points for you in the course of that first season, Zia? Definitely Microchip. He was, I think that he was portrayed fantastic in this. And I think that their chemistry was great. I love the relationship that they had. It was such a... Uh, John Brent, well, not John Brenthal. Well, I, I mean, yes. But The Punisher went into it. Frank Castle went into it so like kicking and screaming kind of yeah. going into that relationship. And then I think that they ended up forming quite a nice little bond. Um, so I really like that. I like, oh, just the action. It was freaking great too. And as, um, who was it? Yeah, Ghost8386 here says Billy Russo was a great villain. I think he was also awesome. That was another huge dynamic there that you find out th who he is was a huge twist. And then when you find out how close they are, because it kind of sets it up along the way. Uh, that was awesome. I yeah, I, I really liked. I mean, you got the sense of you know, oh, Billy Russo is up to no good. Yeah, but then 
it isn't until, you know, finally he gets his reckoning at the hands of the, the Punisher that you go like, oh, wait, that's who he is. And yes. I think that they're not using that name of the character in season two from what I've read, that at no time do they say that name. Uh, it's like it's the best known uh, Punisher villain who's actually like his villain. So you should know who we're talking about, but just in case we're being a little vague. Um, but you know, people in the chat, no doubt will shout it out. So if, if you're watching, you'll be like, Oh, okay. Uh, so I think, and we've talked about this before in terms of other series, when you're able to really have that kind of personal connection with the arch nemesis, you know, the Mm -hmm. person that really is that big, bad, bad guy that big you know villain for them when you can actually see that they were so close and instead of they just tell you like oh yeah we used to be really good friends but now you know it's just like you can actually see just uh you know the the whole transformation from basically one to the other oh when you feel it just yeah. those when they're in the park and they're having lunch and uh the punished Frank's wife, you know, kisses him on the cheek. He's just like a big part of the family. And that betrayal is crazy. Even Christian Jackson here says the reveal had me shook. I didn't know a whole lot about Punisher. So that twist was great. So even for people that don't know that much going yeah. into it, it's, it's really yeah, cool. But if you, even if you've just seen all the movies that characters in the one movie and yeah. done terribly, but it's in the movie. It's there. It's in there. Yeah. Stardew also asks, would Zia date the Punisher? Probably. Well, you're married now. I'm but, married now. But I know, if I was about? single, yes. Yeah, I mean, Pro- probably. I mean, <laughs> probably. You know, would. Look, if I was single, I wouldn't rule it out. Come on, he's a good-looking guy. You know, I mean, it's 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 hard, you know, to uh, to really look the other way. Uh, and you know, so let's not blame Microchip's wife. You know, he, she thought that he was dead. You know, she's lonely. She's a woman. <laughs> she is. And um, I'm reminded of uh, his his kids really annoyed me in the first oh, half of the season. Gosh. But then I, I, I found, especially his son, I found, uh, I think they kind of did a little bit of an about face with the son because the storyline actually got a lot better than where I thought it was going. You know, Frank comes over to the house to talk to the kids and, you know, Microchip has like all the cameras there all over the place and he's constantly spying on them. And... We uh, we do start to I think like after they're reunited, there's sort of a, he lets on about something that he shouldn't have known. I I feel like that's something they have to deal with in season two is oh, you yeah. know, Lieberman is what they tend to call him because that's his real name. But micro micro microchip, uh, I, I they have to deal with that in season two. It's like, wait a minute. So you were pretending to be dead. Yeah, yeah you say it's for our own good. But you were spying on us the whole time. Which was super creepy, by the way. I mean, I get it. It's your family. You want to make sure they're okay. But, uh, you know. When you're a tech guy like that, though, and you are able to do something like that, I kind of understand. It is creepy, but I kind of understand. Did he have, I forget, did he have cameras in the bedroom? See, I don't think he did. I think, okay. but you never know because it's his wife, you know. No, and maybe, I know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think they went there. I don't think they addressed it one way or the other. We didn't see them if they did. To be fair, he did handle it really well with her Being trying a creep? to. Well, no, with her trying to to kiss, kiss Frank. Frank. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. but except I think he took it out on Frank a little bit. You he know? did. Yeah, he did. And, but it, he didn't handle it that well because you remember how much drinking he did. 
you know, and uh, so, yeah, but I know what you mean. They, he, he, was, was, he was able to get past it. Yes, and That's he was understanding enough to the point where it's hard. I understand and look, even I thought that's jumping the gun. I, I got to admit, if my, you know, freaking God forbid, if something happened, I, I don't know if in a year I'd be trying to kiss other people. I, you depends, can't though, what if Frank Castle ends up in your kitchen, you know? So that's... Damn, you got me, Christian. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like you don't know until you're there. Uh, and the some of the other things about season one is, you know, it came at a time... That, you know, it was supposed to be released uh, right after there was the uh, tragic shooting in Las Vegas at the uh, the country the, the Route 59 concert, I believe is what it was called. So they actually delayed it a little bit. And uh, so that was part of the discussion. Like, do we need this kind of show? And I I think a character like this works in any world. It works in the world 30 years ago. It works in a world where you do have you know, you have actual like tragic shootings and things like that because you're, you're not glorifying that. I mean, your, your stories are actually about a, a, a guy who's trying to do what he thinks is right. Uh, so I, I understood that conversation. We had that conversation on this show uh, at that time before the, the series even premiered. Uh, and then also there you know, were questions people had about how they handled uh, post-traumatic stress, what with the support group and uh, the character who I told myself I was going to look up and then I didn't. Uh, the guy who snaps, though, and you know, he ends up living in the hole oh. in his dad's backyard. And, uh, you know, I think and look, I, I don't I don't know anyone that suffers from post-traumatic stress. I have not had it myself. But my understanding of it is I thought that they did a great job the amount of time they spent on it having the support group. And yes, they did have one guy who really lost it, but he was the one guy. You know, I thought that they did. I thought it was handled really well, but some people were very outspoken and very critical of it. And as with most things, the people that were the most outspoken about it hadn't actually watched the show. So, oh, well, that's frustrating. That that that's the world, though. If I mean, that's you the, yeah. Don't that, know you can't speak on it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no. Look, I I definitely agree. So, uh, I think that you know they they just really handled. There's so much to handle, like with a character like this in 2019, and you know versus 1989. You know, where just there were a lot more movies with just a lot more people shooting people left and right, you know? And so, uh, I think that it, look, the body count was preposterous in this show, but I do think that Frank is such a complicated character, his motivations, who he is, what brought him to this point, just sort of getting this take on him as to his backstory and sort of the you know the unfortunate circumstances that led to his family's murder, uh, I thought was an interesting twist. It was a departure from the comics. And just in case somebody's planning on binging season one right before season two, trying to stay a little bit vague. But I loved sort of the way that his subconscious still interacted with his wife. I thought uh, that really just added a, a layer to him that we. You would sometimes see flashbacks uh, in in the comics, but uh, I thought it was a it was a really nice device, and I don't know. I just found it to be handled so well. Um, then we'll get to my only real criticism is there was a certain point. It was really like episode twelve where I'm like, there is no way that this guy could go through all of this 
and get up and do what he's doing right now. And it was it, it got so like ridiculous. It's like, oh come on, just just have us think that this is like a, a, a day later that he slept for like a few minutes. You know that he stitched himself up something because it's just the way he kept going you know he's doing the old thing you see in movies where somebody just staples a wound shut and it's like all right i'm gonna keep going and yeah he moved slower but uh some of that was a little hard to believe but it, it's a minor criticism and uh i don't know i i really enjoyed the first season uh of the show uh, even though i found it to be a little uncomfortable and it was a little difficult to find time to watch because, uh, you know, can't watch when the kids are in the other room. Uh, it's a little loud. And uh, Daddy, what are you watching? Them walking in on that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, it's all right. I, I, it's you know, I, I, you don't have to worry about that. That didn't happen at all. But anyway, uh, what are uh, what are people in the chat saying in terms of season one? Really good stuff in the chat, actually. Uh, Ghost says Billy Russo killing Agent Modani's partner was messed up. Yes, it was also a really good moment. Yes. Um. Let's see. I loved all the Frank and Karen scenes, Ivan. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you mentioned that, that because yeah. I actually wanted to to touch on, you know, what an important part of Karen's development, yeah. her appearance in Punisher season one was. And again, I, I think we've talked about that it's at least somewhat confirmed that she's in season two, which I think is great Good. because at least we're going to get to see a character from Daredevil one more time. Who knows? Maybe somebody will show up on Jessica Jones, but... Probably not. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I, I thought that uh, Agent Madani I thought was great. And she I thought the way that character. her, uh, you know, her story managed to be seen through to the end, I was really impressed. Well, and I feel like it also coincided really well. Sometimes I feel like when they do that, they have, you know, the one main storyline and then kind of one off on the side. Yeah. Where it sort of makes it seem like it's not part of the show or it's kind of unnecessary or you could have done without it. I didn't feel that way with her as a character. I feel like it worked really well with Frank's storyline, and I think she was a necessary part of the show, and she actually added to it, which I liked. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I think uh, we'll see sort of, you know, the role she plays uh, going forward, you know, the the role of the authorities, the good guys, the FBI and all that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because you get the impression that if uh, Lieberman, a.k.a. Micro, had his druthers at the end of season one. He'd never be heard from again. Pretty sure Frank's going to need his help. And uh, I think we did see, even though it was a little bit of a reluctant pairing, I think they did work really well together. And again, anybody that knows these characters from the comics, it's like you need them to be together. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing where they go with all of this. And yes, when Karen shows up, you know, if by, if when we talk next week, I haven't gotten to the episode with her. I'm going to be very disappointed, mostly in myself, for not having watched enough episodes. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just uh, really looking forward to it. And it was good to just sort of read a little bit. And, again, we're talking a little bit more broad strokes here. Because if you've seen it, it should check off uh, some little reminders. Oh, I'm remembering all kinds of stuff now. And actually, just really quickly, Christian Jackson, I just want to get to this because he agrees with you. And I like the way he puts this. He says, I think the show actually had a healthy conversation about gun violence and not glorifying it. And the PTSD portrayal was tragically beautiful. Right. I I, I couldn't say it better myself because, you know, I didn't say it. So obviously, (laughs) clearly, I could not have said it better. Uh, So we, of course, look forward to that on Friday. 
uh, on Netflix, which, uh, you know, a phrase that we won't be throwing around very often on this show anymore is, uh, you know, soon to be released on Netflix, a new Marvel series. Uh, you know, it's very sad because we've spent so much time on it. But we will, of course, check that out on Friday. And uh, as I said, we'll announce, uh, we'll have some announcement about the Punisher after show. But until then, Zia, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore land. It's XIA underscore land. And also, if you're a fan of any Gordon Ramsay shows or cooking shows in general, we're doing 24 Hours to Hell and Back, the after show on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We get to talk about Gordon yelling at people. That's always fun. And uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. And this Thursday, the return after almost a year away, actually more than a year away, of Star Trek Discovery at 10 p.m. Pacific, uh, we will be returning with Star Trek Weekly. My co-host Frank Miranda and myself will be breaking down Season 2, Episode 1 of Star Trek Discovery, which is on CBS All Access. And that's why I said... I would say that that's the best show on television, except, of course, it's not on television. So look for that Thursday night. But until then, uh, until next Sunday, where it's probably going to be a 10, uh, Excelsior! Bye! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. <laughs> they have to put that there, too, because if we say something that's offensive. I am a really offensive asshole. God, could you imagine if I actually... 